soon. I think I will be here, though, again uh, tomorrow. Not sure he's going to be recovered by then. And then I'll also be sitting here uh, all next week as well. So looking forward here to the next uh, couple of weeks being on with you guys and looking forward to this conversation as well with Mike Carmen of goldenblack.com joins us on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline here on the Hammer Down show. Uh Carm, good afternoon. Um your stay in Columbus was was shorter than anticipated. It, it was, but it wasn't. I I I'd signed up to be the uh pool reporter for the event. So I was obligated to stay through Sunday. <laughs> That's I'm part of the United States Basketball Writers uh, Board, you know, that's kind of what we do. So uh, I, I thought I would have a team to cover on Sunday, but yeah. I did not. Yeah, when you signed up uh, to do that, you probably thought Purdue would be staying through a couple of games, and that did not happen, lost in, in that opening round game. Uh, where does Purdue go from here? I think it probably, in, in, in a lot of regards, depends on what the big fella Zach Eady decides to do. Yeah, I mean, it, you, you kind of wait to see how that unfolds, uh, what kind of clues he's going to give the coaching staff. And, um, you know, if he does leave, you have uh, some capable capable bodies down low with Trey Kaufman-Wren and Caleb First and, uh, you know, hopefully a Mason Gillis. So you, you've got some pieces down low, and, um, you know, they're, they're going to have some log jams on the perimeter as far as uh, players uh, coming in and, you know, kind of joining the program because you have Cam Heidi, you redshirted this year, and you got Miles Colvin coming in. So, you know, they've, they've got some uh, they've got some decisions to make, and you know how this is all going to work next year. And uh, but it, it starts with what Zach does, and you know, and everybody just kind of waits for for him to figure out what's the best move for him. Do you have a feel on this? I mean, I think if I was asked. In the middle of the season, I would have said he's definitely not coming back. If I was asked a couple of weeks ago, I would have said, well, I think he's probably leaning toward coming back. Uh, if you would ask me immediately after the game on Friday, I'm, I'm, <laughs> my head might have exploded. Uh, and, you know, maybe what happened on Friday influences decision. I'm not sure in which direction it influences. Maybe it makes him feel like he has unfinished business uh, to attend to, that that was just so sour a taste in his mouth that he that he must come back. I don't know. I would imagine that that influences a little, but I would I would I would guess that ultimately there will be bigger influences on his his decision to to stay or go than that. What do you think he will do, or where do you at least think he is leaning right now? Well, first of all, we have to take Zach at his word. Uh, if anybody watched his interview from the locker room uh, from Friday night uh, that he he loves his teammates his teammates love him he enjoys being around the program he had he had a great experience this year he's had a great experience at Purdue uh, the way everybody has embraced him and has helped him develop into the player that he is um, so that I think that's going to play a role I've always kind of felt once we got a little bit deeper into the season, that you know, my lean was that he would come back because he enjoys the experience so much. But the, the other factors in that is uh, money. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to call it anything other than that. It's it's money and what Purdue does from an NIL perspective compared to what he could make uh, playing professionally, whether that's in the states or overseas. Uh, does he get an NBA evaluation? What does that look like, and how does that? 
affect him. So there's a lot of parts to this. He may want to come back, but the timing may be right for him to leave. Uh, because how much, you know, what can he do next year to improve his stock? Really, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's going to be National Player of the Year. He's going to be, he already is first team consensus All America. They're not going to create new awards so he can <laughs> win them. So this is this is what's in front of him. Uh, but again, I, I take him at his word that. This is a very difficult decision for him because there's some there is some emotion involved, um, and he wants to do right by everybody, but ultimately he has to do right by himself and his family. Zach Eady, best in show. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a blue ribbon, maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Um, so I mean, we all know what Purdue has done here the last three years. Uh, solve all this for me, Carm. Uh, how how does Purdue avoid this March fate uh, going forward? Well, I mean, it's, is, there, is there a common thread that ties all these together other than their double-digit seeds? Um, you know, Purdue didn't hit enough threes the other night, and that's, that is kind of how they've been constructed this year. And when they haven't hit the threes, it's, you know, they've, they've not fared well. And then when you put the turnovers into it, you know, it just adds to the problem. But when they hit threes, they're in good shape. Um, you know, St. Peter's was a little different. Uh, they got after Purdue defensively, and they were really, really physical with them. Um, I don't know if it was as much not hitting threes as just kind of getting taken off their game, and that was similar to Friday. So there, there probably is a little bit of common theme there where Purdue has not Imposed its will on on these teams when it's had the opportunity, and that was clearly the case on Friday against FDU. Purdue did not ever really dictate how that game was being played. That game was dictated by FDU, and now Purdue has to get in a position when they get back to it to be a to be the aggressor. Um, but it's it's a bit baffling because you go to Oregon. You beat the three teams they beat in Oregon. You win the Big Ten by three games. You win the Big Ten tournament. But you're sitting home after the first round of the NCAA tournament because you couldn't, you know, take care of, you know, FDU, which probably shouldn't have been in the tournament anyway because yeah. they, they lost to, to Merrimack, which, but they're under the, the transition period. So, but anyway, uh, Purdue's got to figure that part out, and it's going to be a long off season to look at that. And figure it out, and you're not going to know really know anything until you get back to March next year to see how far that they've come. Talking to Mike Carmen on the Hammer Down Show, Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline, longtime Purdue beat writer, writing out for GoldenBlack.com. Carm, I think that Matt Painter sometimes unfairly gets characterized as being too stubborn. I'm not sure that that's really the case. I don't personally hold that opinion. I think that he has made course corrections at times during his, whatever, 20 years uh, at Purdue, maybe most notably after the back-to-back sub-500 seasons sort of changed his philosophy in terms of, of recruiting and you know recruiting specifically to the style in which he wants to play. What will he do, you think, this offseason to examine where this program is and if there are things that he needs to do differently in his approach to have Purdue have more success once tournament time rolls around? Well, first of all, I don't think this is a panic button situation, even though people will view it as that. Um, 
but like after every season, you have to put everything on the table and see where you're deficient at. Why, why doesn't their success in the regular season translate into NCAA tournament, at least for a long period of time? They won two games last season uh, against Yale and Texas before being bounced by St. Peter's. They never got on a run this year. So why can you do all this stuff during the regular season, but then it doesn't doesn't come out in March uh, at, at the right at the right time? And to me, it's matchups are involved, but I I think we've reached a point now where it's more than matchups. What do you need to tweak in your program? And this is not a wholesale change type of thing. This is is it the type of athlete that you recruit? Is it, is it something else? Is it you know, how do you go about getting that success in the regular season to show up in March when, when you need it to? Is there a greater Big Ten problem here that also then does include Purdue? Because this is not just a Purdue thing. Um, not as, uh, you know, Purdue Purdue's losing to higher seeds, yes. But if you look at the Big Ten in general, I mean, look, you know, no one was outside of Purdue, and I guess Indiana was favored to make it to the Sweet 16 anyway. Michigan State ends up uh, making it maybe one of the more flawed teams uh, from a roster point of view, I think, and it, and it does advance to the Sweet 16. But, but the Big Ten has not had a champion since the Spartans in 2000. It has had some other Final Four participants uh, through the last 20-plus years. But is there an issue with the Big Ten and, and the style of play and the officiating and um, it being uh, post-centric in the league for the most part um, and maybe not attracting the most athletic guards because they don't want to be held and they want to play with freedom of movement that they might find in, in other leagues? Is, that a, is Purdue's uh, issues here in some regards symptomatic of a greater conference problem? Uh, the answer to that is, Yes, 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 and yes. Uh, There's all those things factor into it. But the other part of it, too, it's not up to the Big Ten to help Purdue make it through the NCAA tournament, just like it's not Purdue's job to help any other team make it through the Big Ten tournament. What you want those teams to do is at least prepare you for what's coming. And the style of play that Purdue and other teams play you know, is that conducive to making a long tournament run? I didn't. I think it depends. I mean, you go back to last year. How many, how many first round NBA picks were in the league? I mean, there were, there were a handful of guys that were in the league. So they yeah. had the talent last year on their teams to help them. I'm not help their own teams, but help other teams kind of prepare for what was coming. Uh, so. You look at it at each year. I mean, this was a league this year that didn't have the true star power like it had the year before. Uh, that you know they have some, they have some really good players in the league, but do they have NBA quality players that are going to play at the next level? And things like that help. Uh, and I do think the, the issues with officiating. Um, play a role in it it's not the only role and that i know that's a lightning rod topic for everyone <laughs> but i mean you have to you have to factor that in i mean you have to look at that and that's a league issue yeah. and yeah. they've got to they've got to address that to the point where you're not having the type of situations that came up this year 
uh, and they come up every year, but it seemed this year it was more uh, more problems. Uh, so is it as simple as paying officials more money, but that doesn't guarantee anything? Is it getting a new breed of officials? You know, yeah, you're always looking for the, the up-and-comers, but there's a whole list of issues that need to be addressed, and, you know, maybe that gets addressed now that the Big Ten will have a new commissioner. Yeah. And whoever the new commissioner is, that will be important for them to address these issues and get get this league kind of back to where people want it and, you know, being able to help each other in, in some fashion to get through the NCAA tournament. Tom, thanks for the time as always. Enjoy the rest of your Monday. All righty, thank you. That's Mike Carmen joining us on the Blue Fox Heating and Cooling Hammerhead Hotline here on the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017 The Hammer. Dot com. Yeah, I think correct on on all points. We'll you know we'll see how big a priority that is for whoever the new commissioner is to up the officiating in the Big Ten. I don't want that you know to overshadow everything else, but you know it is something that we all complained about at times, and it had nothing to do. Uh, the officiating was fine on Friday night. Uh, there was nothing to complain about there. Uh, Purdue lost the game, uh, fair and square. Uh, it lost. Uh, but when you look back at getting prepared for the style of play in the NCAA tournament, I think that is where there is some question about whether the the ruggedness, the toughness, the uh, the physicality, uh, all of that that is a, a allowed in some res- in some respects because of how the game is played, that it just does not help once the NCAA tournament comes around. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk uh, a little bit more Purdue hoops. We'll do that coming up next. You're listening to The Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017.